Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. <gasps> yeah, 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 yeah. You already know what time it is. Time it is. It's that official time. Where we take this worldwide. So now it's time to turn it up Surf the radio waves as we begin to burn it up We all up in your area like landscape Definitely bringing you the power slamming pancakes It's the mandate that you tune in It's time to move out so we can move in And recognize that this is no illusion I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion It all started off in the book of Genesis When Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was his nemesis And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him He touched his hip but he really could have devoured him and from that point, then we hear a name change, rearrange the game, so now we gotta change lanes. Uh, so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam show. Let's go! Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. Turn it up, You are now listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam Show by Crave Wrestling on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page, Crave Wrestling. And this is episode 288. We are live and living color. Getting funky like a monkey, if you will. This is the Pancakes and Power Slam show, ladies and gentlemen. I am Chris Featherstone, as always. Join us, Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling, and follow us on Twitter at Crave Wrestling. So I have a really fun and interesting guest on the show tonight, uh, former WWE referee. I'm really, really excited about this interview. I've had a referees on the show before. Um, uh, and, and very established referees, and this one is one was is one of the longest tenured WWE referees of all time, and I'm really excited uh, to have this person on the show tonight. I was doing counting of the show. The show is uh, about five and a half years old actually now, and I think I was counting. I wasn't finished, but I think I was at like ninety six or ninety. Seven, as far as guests I had on the show, uh, so I think this person is like number ninety-seven or ninety-eight. I have to I have to count exactly. But it's a lot of guests, and uh, 
a lot of lot of former and current WWE, ROH, New Japan, NWA, Impact Wrestling. Uh, we've had a lot of people on the show, and this person uh, almost made a hundred, but was able to become uh, one of the first hundred guests. <laughs> he has that. Uh, he has that. Uh, that accolade, I guess you could say. Uh, and I'm really, really excited to have him on the show full of questions, full of experience, full of expertise in the WWE uh, ring. The third wheel, ladies and gentlemen, and a lot of times the third wheel is the one to hold it all together. Without further ado, former WWE referee Jack Doan, how are you tonight, sir? How are you doing? Good. For, thanks for having me. It's, I'm doing well, doing very well. It's great to have you on the show tonight. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So, you you were at in WWE for twenty two years. Yeah, twenty two years. Wow, that is an insanely long time. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot of, of time spent. Yes. Uh, do you know as far as ballpark? Do you know how many matches you've refed at in WWE? Oh man, I tried to figure it out one time and. Someone thought I was crazy. They're like, no way. I said, we, you know, they don't understand when we do live events, not just television. You know, I was doing, well, especially back when I first started out, where we were doing double shots on Saturday, double shots on Sunday. Uh, you know, we would run sometimes 20 days straight, show every night. Wow. Um, you know, uh, back years ago when we were, uh, when I first started and when we were doing, high school gymnasiums, a lot of colleges, and, you know, the business was kind of at a, a down point. Um, but I, I would figure, man, it's in the tens of thousands. And someone said, oh, no way. I said, well, I was doing four matches a night mm-hmm. times, you know, 16, 18 shows a month. And so, that, you know, times that by 22 years, it, it adds up. And sure. Of course, I, I had a few years out with uh, – I had end up with uh, – four shoulder surgeries over, over my time with them. So that, uh, you know, my, the rehab, the therapy for shoulder surgeries takes quite a while. So I, yeah. I, I miss some time in the ring. But. Now the shoulder surgeries came from, uh, did, did it come from actually being involved in angles uh, with wrestlers? It, the first one was, it was just the weirdest thing. We were actually overseas. Portugal, I think, mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. slid, I slid in, and, and, and I was, you know, people don't uh, understand the physicality of wrestling, and even us as referees, you know, how would you get hurt? Well, when your guy does a quick pin, false finish, and you're sliding in there to count, I mean, you know, we're not falling down like a tree, and you know, take your time, you you get right down in there, you make that quick count to make it look good. Well. I slid right. down one time, and all your weight goes – for me, I'm right-handed. All the weight goes on my left shoulder, and I popped my shoulder out, dislocated it, and then the when I got flown back to the States, I ended up finding out I tore my um, oh rotator cuff. Uh, came back uh, – <laughs> this was the bad part – did about seven months of therapy, rehab, got back mm-hmm. – First match back toward again, so it's like, oh wow, here we go, oh, yeah. yeah. And then uh, 
ended up doing it a third time and tore my it was just all uh not off any um bumps or anything it was just um a freak thing uh probably with me too i was in i i loved uh to lift and i was into heavy power lifting mm-hmm. and probably didn't have a lot of flexibility so i think that right. probably added on to uh then you know the movement in the ring and, and add on to the injuries but um but you know that's just the way it goes uh i've seen guys you know give clotheslines to guys and tear their biceps or you know uh guys just taking the wrong step in the ring and blowing their acls it's just uh you know it's just freak accidents that that happen sometimes yeah absolutely yeah you're right definitely right about the freak act or um Back 1990, incredible time to start. You were talking about high school gym and colleges uh, and uh, downpoint and and professional wrestling. Uh, That definitely was one of them. I think uh, it it was still, you know, Hogan and and, you know Hogan was still big, but he was kind of on his way out. Uh, This Shawn Michaels, the Bret Hart. Uh, the Kurt Hennig, uh, you know, he, those, those were kind of prominent names. Kurt Hennig was on his way out um, uh, with injury uh, at that time, but all our names were starting to come, but it was still kind of a development stage. And as far as pro wrestling is concerned, uh, what actually uh, did, do you remember fondly as far as just the early nineties and, and, and 91, 92, 93 getting started in the business? Um, the, the thing that was me was, um, and wrestling back then was really kept secret. The locker room was, I mean, you didn't bring anybody to the locker room outside the business. Um, so the, the, me, I I didn't grow up a wrestling fan. Um, I really didn't know much about wrestling. And so, Back then, especially, uh, people the, some some of the older wrestlers didn't like that that I didn't grow up in the business or know someone in yeah. the business and yeah. and uh, but you know I I mean of course you knew Hulk Hogan because that was a household name uh, Macho Man I, I had heard those names and 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 my uncle uh, was a huge wrestling fan and but there there was a gentleman in this town where I live in uh, Danville Illinois. And his brother used to be, of course, back then, uh, a jobber used to be, call him extra. But after he retired from that, he got on driving semi, and then got his dad, got his brother. And I, I met him in the gym, and we got to talking. And after about a year, they had an opening uh, for a driving position and, and ring crew. So that's how I ended up getting into the business. Um, I was 20 at the time. And I was, uh, so my first, very first show was in Sioux City, Iowa. Never forget. Uh, I've never been around this, the business at all. So mm-hmm. back then, they played the music on these little cassette tapes with a boom box, and you would plug a wire in <laughs> wow. that would go into the speaker system up at the arena. So yeah. 
here you would you'd play the music, then you have to take the wire out, rewind the tape, get it queued up again for uh, whoever's going to go over at the end, and then put the wire back in. Well, sometimes you forget to take the wire out, so right in the middle of the match, you're queuing it up and your music starts. So my my first night was a disaster. <laughs> I uh, I go in, I uh, the Beverly Brothers, you know the Beverly Brothers. Oh yeah. They go in, they're prancing around the ring, and I, I've never seen them before. So, you know, they're in there for quite a while. No, of course, no one's telling me anything, so I shut their music off. Well, I guess they go up in the corner and they spread their tapes. And so Jack Lonja is the agent at the time, and he's old school. So he comes over and he's, what the blank, 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 and he cracks me over the head with a clipboard. He always had a clipboard. Oh, I yikes. I was like, are you kidding me? What, what just happened? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so in Goodness. between, you know, once when the match started, I'd have to run down there and grab, you know, their jackets, rows, whatever they brought to the ring and take it back to the locker room and then get back in time to uh, play the music for the end. Well, at that time, Ric Flair uh, had gotten into uh, WWF at the time, and I took his robe back. And I folded it up really nice, and it was a carpeted locker room. And I set it down by his bag. And after the show, first of all, I'm in there changing, which was a no-no. You shouldn't been. I should have been in the locker room because um, it was my first night. Never been around. You know, it was such a tight-knit group. They didn't want someone to come in, leave the business, and then expose what the business is about before it came out right. as entertainment. You know. So, because you're not a part of I'm the fraternity, there. basically. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm sitting there and getting dressed and flirting in. And he, did you put my robe down there? I'm like, uh, yes, sir. And I'm all proud, you know. I folded up nice, and he just one cuss word after another. You, this robe costs more, and you'll make ten years in this business. I mean, here I am, twenty year old man, and I'm and tears down my face and all the boys are staring at me and they throw me out of the locker room. It took uh, two years for me to be able to dress in the locker room. <laughs> so, oh my goodness. It, it was a, yeah, it was a, back then it was hard to, to, to get yourself over with, with the boys and, and, and be part of that because it was a fraternity yeah. and, and they didn't want someone from the outside to leave and expose what all happens, you know, because mm-hmm. You know, it's, uh, you know, they, when they came out, and that, that was a hard adjustment. When they came out, said, hey, we're entertainment, we're, you know, blah, blah, blah. A lot of the old school guys hated it. They thought they're mm-hmm. going to ruin the business, you know, it's going to go down the toilet. And they did just the opposite. Fan that really kind of didn't want to admit he was a wrestling fan because everybody would say, oh, it's fake, it's fake, which is a word I totally hate. Um, now I could say, hey, it's entertainment, you know, it's like going to a movie, but, um, so, yeah. you know, that, that, that time was, uh, a, a very, you know, a learning experience for me, and I was on the road and grew up, you know, very quick and, uh, had to, um, but, you know, um, that Flair and, and Bret Hart was the big angle going on there, and, and I tell you, it was so long ago, uh, it's, it, Sometimes people will ask me questions and, or, you know, I've been off, man, you should write a book. I said, 
I can't remember what happened three years ago, let alone 20 years ago. <laughs> you know, if I would have thought about it back then, like it now, you know, every day I was on the road, I should have just wrote, 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 had, because there's so many stories, a lot of stories that probably couldn't go in a book, but I mean, just so many things I got to experience. And, and, and it was a, man, I, I lived a, a life of five guys. I mean, I've I had a, a, a blessed career and, and, was very lucky to do what I did and how I got in and the right place at the right time. So yeah, that's awesome. That, that really is just just to be that you know that that third you know third leg in in, in the ring and uh, you know just put it all the, the one who puts it all together. You know the, the referee uh, during that also during that time uh, toward the the late nineties we still we still had Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan around. Uh, you know they they were. Well, in the twilight of their of their tenure, uh, being the wrestling challenge and primetime wrestling, all of those shows were kind of fading away. Uh, but uh, you you still you still caught the tail end of the monsoon heating line, didn't you? Yeah, um, I tell you, my one of my first experience with uh, Heenan was um, I did a. Um, Oh, what they call those conventions back then? NAFA conventions, or uh, mm-hmm. you you went and you promoted your shows. They had booths set up in this big convention center. Bro, this one was out in San Francisco, and the first time I met, I, I was we were out there. Um, they had the crew guys driving. They rented us cars, Lincoln Town cars, and we had to pick the town up. And it was me, and Gene Okerlin, and Bobby Heenan, and for. 20 minutes from the airport to the, they just were nonstop back and forth, one liners all over me. And I, it was like, I said, these, and these guys are crazy, but they, they, they were so witty. And, uh, yeah, Bobby Heenan was, was the best. And actually, um, about, um, I've been gone almost four years, about two and a half years ago, uh, I did an independent show up by Chicago. They called me up, asked if I wanted to come up there, which, it was a good time. It was good to get back in the ring. But uh, Bobby Heenan uh, was there signing autographs, and I went up to him, and it, and it was such a joy to me. I hadn't seen him in years, and he remembered me, and because um, he was, you know, in very bad shape, but uh, um, you know, gave him a hug and got to get a picture with him and, and see him. He had his wife with him, so it was a yeah, very uh, good thing to be able to see him, and it's sad to hear of his yeah. passing. So, but yeah, yeah, those guys and Monsoon was, uh, you know, of course, anybody knows in the wrestling, the the position before we go out to the stage in the ring is uh, called the gorilla position. And that was named after gorilla Monsoon, who used to run that up there. He would tell you when you can go out, give you your cues, um, you know, everything's timing on on television. And if you go over, Mm -hmm. um, cost the money if you, if you go too short you go off you know you finish up a match before you go off the air i mean there it's so precise and he was uh a very intimidating uh gentleman and you know the um it was one of those it ended up opening up my career but when his son joy morella uh died in a car accident uh after mm-hmm. we were leaving a show in ocean city maryland and and uh, it was just one of those nights we're all hugging each other and saying, be careful, because cause it was a very tired uh, – that whole tour was just 
very exhausting, a lot of driving. And, and it was just before that you had a, just a weird feeling. Cause I mean, everybody really yeah, was telling each other, be careful, be careful. I think they were, a lot of them were, he was driving back to Philly and I actually um, was driving back to Illinois. So I had like a 12 hour drive. And, um, mm-hmm. and then, you know, of course, back then all I had was beepers. So my beeper is going off and, um, you know, to get that news was bad. And I think that was really uh, a turning point for Grow Monsoon. Um, yeah. It, yeah. yeah. So that sad time. Yeah. <clears throat> but I had a good a uh, ring. Uh, got the, uh, I had a good experience in the ring with Grill Monsoon when Bader first came in. Uh, and, that you know, he needed to get shoulder surgery. So they had to come up with a way to get him suspended. And he'd come out there and, I forget he, who he was whipping up on, but uh, Jimmy Corderas came in. I think he headbutted Jimmy, threw him out. Then I come down. Uh, he ends up powerbombing me. Grill Monsoon yeah. comes down, suspend, suspended, and chops a few times. Then Grill checks on me in the corner, and Bader squashes both of us. And, and mm-hmm. bomb. So that that was uh, pretty neat to be in the, the ring with a legend like that and, and do that yeah. uh, little spot. <clears throat> Yeah, absolutely. What's your uh, favorite WrestleMania that you've uh, refereed? Um, WrestleMania, I believe, WrestleMania 18 in Houston, I did uh, Chris Benoit and Kurt Angle. And what was I really loved about that match was um, we were with Pat Patterson going over it. And Pat's like, you know, um, or those guys came up and they said, you know, what do you think about us uh, starting out doing amateur moves and past like, oh, I love it, I love it. And then time they talked it out, they were like, ah, and Pat was, man, he was, you know, persistent. No, you got to do this, something the fans haven't seen. Uh, I'm telling you, they're going to eat it up. And they were kind of doubting themselves. And, and Pat's the one to actually end up pushing that to make them stay with uh I think they did like 10 minutes of just amateur wrestling. And mm-hmm. when they first did their probably five minutes and they both stood up, the crowd went crazy. And we kind of all just looked eye to eye at each other. And you could just tell that, okay, we got them. You know, they're they're with this. And then they did some more of it. crowd goes uh, crazy. And then they actually do one of the first wrestling moves, uh, WWE moves, and then the crowd you know, pops even louder. So it was a great buildup. Those guys were phenomenal athletes. Uh, I'm so glad to see Kurt Angle back in WWE. Um, you know, I'm glad he's got his life straight. I, I wish he would have, you know, never have left, but, you know, he had personal things that he needed to get worked out. And uh, but it's good to see him back and finishing up his uh, career. And I hope to see him back in the ring. I Even at his age, I think he could run circle around guys so, oh yeah definitely, definitely. yeah so he, you were he is a, an animal oh yeah yeah definitely uh so you were around for for three big eras in the wwe you were down you were around for the new generation which was you know kind of the the tagline for the the early 90s uh a wave of of, of stars and you were around for of course the attitude era uh and then you were around for ruthless aggression 
and then really a fourth era was really didn't have much of a name after ruthless aggression. There really was really wasn't a name. I know Triple H, uh, you know, a few few years ago called it the the reality era. I believe he said something about that. So technically, you're around for four different eras. WWE. Uh, what was your favorite era in the WWE to referee and why? Well, I, I'm a, I'm a big and I understand where they're at right now with <clears throat> stockholders, sponsors, and where they want the product. And obviously they know what they're doing because they're still on television. They're still selling a lot of merchandise. and mm-hmm. But I, I, liked, I liked wrestling where the guys look like superheroes or built like superheroes. I like um, the edginess of it. You know, do I need to see, you know, one of the uh, ladies with her butt hanging out or her boobs? No, I don't, you know, that not that part of it. But I like the reality of a guy being himself, you know, like a Stone Cold or a Rock. I, I think I, I liked it back then when, I don't know if you remember the show, everybody had an important part of the show. Every segment yes. was good. You had... You know, it, I'll probably throw in a bunch of different theories, um, but but I'm talking. You know, you had Rock doing his thing, you had uh, Stone Cold doing his thing, you even Goldust and Booker. Everybody on the show had a good segment. It, it, there was never a segment that was almost basically a throwaway segment. Like, you know, I, I don't. I know they work hard on the show, but almost sometimes I watch and I go, well, that was just one they wanted to kill 15 minutes you know on tv and back then the whole show was to me entertaining um and everybody had an important role in that show it didn't matter if you were the champion if you were a mid-card guy um they there was an effort in making every and maybe to the part uh these guys had that it factor all these guys um and you know the the don't get me wrong, talent-wise now with these guys, they do phenomenal stuff. They're great athletes. They're in shape. But as far as character-wise, watching the show, the the characters back then, not, not even so much character, because character is kind of gimmicky to me, but the personalities back then were just, to me, bigger than in life. And and that's the part I missed. Um and and maybe because these guys are limited in what they can do, you know, um, maybe that that part is what kind of hurts them. Because I, I usually could tell how the business is going when I have my buddies call me and they're like, man, did you, you know, did you that? And I'm like, eh, they're tanking a little bit. And then I'll have the, the last pay-per-view. I didn't get to see. I had my buddies rave about the last pay-per-view. Said uh, Cena and the um, – uh, Reigns match was good. They enjoyed yeah. uh, Brock and and Brock. They 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 said it was a really good put together show. So, but you know, getting back in the end, I I just think the guys were cut loose, and it wasn't so scripted on their promos and stuff that you know it was so much you know man you had guys just with personalities that were. Like I said, bigger. Even you know, Edge. Edge's not a guy that was six four, two hundred sixty pounds, but 
his character and how he was portrayed, he fit right in with you know the rest of them and, and Christian and and I I just I don't know what the answer is, but and I'm not knocking it because I'm not there. I I love the business, I love the opportunity, and I want to see them you know ratings go through the roof because I know Vince McMahon is the hardest worker. Uh, I've ever been around, and uh, but I, I don't know right now what what that is that's missing. But there's just something uh, that's that's not there, and, and maybe it's going to be finding the next star, or the next couple stars. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, back then you just had you had so many names. I mean, if you go back and and and, and think of the names, it was incredible. But I also think. Um, I've always been a big fan and try to explain to people when you have WWF, WWE, or whatever, and we were going up against WCW, you needed that rivalry, and people were so interested in wrestling. It's like if you take the American League away from Major League Baseball and you just have National League teams, the World Series is not going to mean as much. It's not going to mean right. really anything. Very so true. we need they need – even for the wrestlers, for the boys – for for uh, retired uh, wrestlers that are agents, you know, you want the business to succeed, other business to succeed, so they have somewhere to go, so they have a livelihood, yep. and, and and that's that's a big when when that was taken away, I think that really hurt more than, you know, it's like yeah we we won the war, but now who's our competition? And there is right, one, you know, <laughs> and, and it's not, there's great talent in those. Um, the the Ring of Honor and and uh, TNA, which is now Impact or what the global force uh, yeah, in there. between yeah global TNA yeah global global yeah, force you know, uh, uh, Impact yeah but yeah. but they're never going to be to me personally I don't think they'll ever be back on that you're never going to have that level of uh, ratings and and excitement like we did back then so it was just you know it. I think it's going in a cycle. It's like, you know, when rock and roll was hot and then, you know, rap, hip hop was hot and then country was huge for a while. And I, mm-hmm. I think it's going to come back around. I, I, I really do. I, I think, um, you know, um, with, with NXT and the talent they're getting in there and, and they're going to find, there's going to be two or three stars that are really going to break out. I think it's going to uh, get that business generated again. I was glad to see AJ Styles come there. I, I, I remember watching him. I thought, man, this guy needs to be over, over at WWE. Yeah. So yeah, it was good, good to see him. Uh, I, you know, I, I think that's the main thing is um, what what you saw on TV was these guys. I mean, Stone Cold played a a, a, a tough guy, and he was a tough guy, and he went out and did his promos on his own. He didn't have someone writing all this stuff for him. Right. You know what I mean? You know, and and same with, you know, Triple H and The Rock and, and, and Cena. They, Crowley, you know, they're just yeah. Taker. They're yeah, just so know. good at what they, yeah. you know, a complete wrestler. I try to explain because, you know, you probably have heard from people, oh, I could go in there and do that. No, you can't. <laughs> uh, a, a complete wrestler is uh, being an athlete. An entertainer, be able to cut promos, um, not hurting you yourself or somebody else, 
uh, basically being a great stuntman. I mean, there's so much that goes into being a complete wrestler. People don't understand. You could be 6'6", 330 pounds, and just stink it up in the ring, you know, and, and yeah. people will – true wrestling fans will boo you out of the building. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, so – Absolutely. I know I'm kind of going off in all kinds of different directions. I don't, I don't get to talk it too much, so I'm kind of get a little excited to <laughs> go back and think <laughs> about things and yeah, relive. Absolutely. But you know, but I mean, it, man, there was just such a world of talent. Uh, you know, Benoit and Guerrero and Jericho and 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 Booker, you know, and then yeah, Lex. I did. I was never really a big wrestling fan, of Lex, but he looked like a million bucks. But uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, you know, and then, you know, the, the, the stages of going through the, the, the groups that, you know, they had with DX and nation of domination and man, they just really did maybe to, I mean, it's, it's always a repeat cycle and just do it a little different, but, you know, for the fans back then, it was the first time seeing, uh, these groups they you know they went through and, and and now when you reform them you you compare it to that stuff you know it's like man they're they're no DX or they're no because they have to do it in a different way and they can't right. be that borderline um, you know what I would like to see you know you don't have to go out there and cuss up a storm and be that type but I mean I, I just like to let them you know turn it loose a little bit you know like mm-hmm. you know yeah, back totally. back in the day they used to say you know red means green when you had blood that meant more more money people you know and i i kind of like that that just me personally it doesn't make it wrong right for the next fan but uh you know i, I liked it when we were geared towards an adult television show but yeah you know Absolutely. That, yeah well ladies and well, uh, we want to bring you back on, Jack, uh, for a part two, so we can talk about the Undertaker invasion, uh, being the Asian era, the invasion angles. That sound like a plan? Yeah, definitely. I, I'm sorry, I know I got, I kind of just went on the rattle there, but yeah, it was. Uh, uh, Any time, uh, yeah, I'd love to talk. I, I love talking about the business. Uh, you know, I spent 22 years. Um, if you could ever find out why I got let go, I'd appreciate it because I never got a straight answer. But stop me for loving what I did. I love that yeah. company. Uh, they gave me a great living. 22 years. I have nothing, never have had anything bad to say about it. I never understood how guys leave and then bash it because, man, they gave you an opportunity of a lifetime. I've traveled the world. I've been in every country you can think of, uh, man, it, you know, and got paid, paid well. It, it, you know, they treated us. It was like gold. I lived the life of a rock star, and and I love Vince. I love Shane, Stephanie, Hunter. The, you know, they're just they're they're genuinely good people, and they they treat you right. They expect a lot out of you, but mm-hmm. they also you know compensate you well. So, yeah. awesome. Wow, Jack. Yeah. Well, so, thank you so much for sharing your stories, man. We'll have you back on soon uh, to to go for part two. There's 22 years of stories in you, man, that we want to squeeze out of you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, appreciate, appreciate it. Appreciate the time. All right. Awesome. Thanks Thank a lot. Bye bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for uh, WWE former WWE referee Jack Doan on the show. Twenty-two years of just so much 
packed into a man. I love those type of interviews. Just uh, so much in the business, so much experience. We got an action-packed show. We got uh, Raw SmackDown review. We got No Mercy predictions. We got a whole bunch, whole bunch of headlines. Today we're going to be joined by uh, editor uh, in chief uh, of Yes Wrestling. Has his own uh, podcast as well. Without further ado, the one, the only. Greg DeMarco, how are you today, sir? Has he joined us? Has he joined us right? Is coming in here soon. I know that uh, here we go, coming soon. I'm here. There we go, Greg. How's it going, man? Doing very well. You know, it's, it's funny. You say the one and the only. That's just a factor of naming. Uh, there could be others. But I do appreciate that uh, that introduction, and I'm very excited to join you today. Honestly, I could sit back and listen to Jack Dillon talk, though. He is amazing. That was, he is. you know, <laughs> great interview, and, and I'm looking forward to part two just as much as you are. Yeah, man, I am too. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of <laughs> WWE to talk about for sure. Uh, oh, yeah. You're the one and only Greg DeMarco that I know, so you're special in my eyes, Greg. <laughs> well, I, I will take that. I, I will take that to the bank. <laughs> Awesome. All right, without further ado, let's jump into some headlines. Oh, we got a doozy in Evansville. My guy, Lance Lance Russell, man, Continental. I was a big fan of Continental uh, as a kid and even binge watch, watched it on YouTube growing up. Uh, one of the great, greatest, I mean, he... Uh, was such an inspiration to so many people. Uh, Jr. And, and Paul Heyman, you know, both tweeted about him. They were both very influential uh, to to both of them. Lance Russell, man, he was a legend in the business, and I believe he should be in the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, just such a pioneer in the in the pro wrestling announcing business. Oh, I agree, hundred percent. And, and Lance Russell, you know, as a kid growing up and watching products that you would kind of discover sometimes, you didn't even know they were on, like Continental and, and like some others, and, and you would always be shocked. And you got to know those personalities like Lance Russell, and then, of course, and he makes his way into other organizations like the NWA, and, and you have that familiar voice. And and him, him, like so many others of that time, like the Bob Cottles and Gordon Solis, it was just this, it wasn't an authoritative voice, but it was a voice that you trusted. And, and they told you, kind of brought you up to speed. It was like back then you were watching something that was happening and wrestling was happening. Yeah. They, they didn't assume you watched every week like WWE may do. And the stories weren't told in video packages. They were told by these announcers. And they did so in a way, you know, standing at ringside before a match. I mean, it was just a completely different art form back then. But, but Lance Russell definitely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. It, it's sad that, you know, sometimes posthumously is when a generation learns of a guy. I don't think a ton of the people mm-hmm. out there that have started watching wrestling and that, you know, Attitude Era and beyond know that much of a Lance Russell. And, and, and so, you know, I'm, I'm excited when it opens up those eyes and people get to see them. But at the same time, like this is, for me, being a little bit older than the average fan, part of my childhood, I mean, I love that, that you know, those voices stood out for me. And when I whip up old things on the WWE Network, I, I, I love hearing those voices. And I'm not – I'm not, you know, Gordon Soley guy who listens to the commentary now and says it sucks and says that Gordon Soley could do it better, but it's different now. It wasn't – you'd have to change the entire business for Gordon Soley to do it better, but they, those guys paved the way, and, and it just brings 
it brings back memories, and memories are a good thing. You don't have to fast-forward them to now, but uh, it always does that. And, and much respect to him, and, of course, condolences to the family and, and friends, but it was you know a, a definite legend, and hopefully this does open up some more eyes and, and bring some exposure to uh, a voice and a product, you know, and, and that people in, in catching Lance Russell's work also see a glimpse of, of the business back then because it was very different. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, of course, Gordon Sully – Oh, Holly Race with the belly to belly play. You know, it just, the 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 comment to me. I, I mean, I'm a traditionalist. I love old school commentary and just Lance Russell. I would love. He just held his uh, his pieces of paper in his hand. And he would just talk about just the mm-hmm. shows in Evansville and just the just the corner towns of the country. Uh, and he, I loved it. It was it's absolutely amazing. Uh, something just totally, you know, different than Lance Russell passing away. WWE sending a cease and desist letter to the Young Bucks. Of course, uh they being the elite, they you know, they've they've had that show on for quite some time now. Uh with uh with with the Bullet Club. I've interviewed Adam Page before. Uh he's he's a member of the being the elite uh as well. They had a very, very controversial uh particular video uh, that that was released that uh, they quote unquote invaded uh, Raw. They really kind of didn't. Um, <laughs> it was more of a we'll, we'll go to a yeah, nearby mall uh, outside of a hot topic. Uh, but you know, it, it caused a lot of uh, controversy. Uh, Vince McMahon it caught wind of Vince McMahon and Vince McMahon. You know, and uh, they're doing the two sweet sign. You know? <laughs> and uh, of course, cease and desist. But you know uh, the, the young bucks uh, in their witty fashion. You know they they, un, they 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 censored the two sweet signs and selling T-shirts. And I just saw a recent statistic that uh, over the past uh, few months they've sold over a hundred thousand T-shirts at Hot Topic. So uh, I don't think the the two sweet sign is it's it's a big part of of of, uh, of Bullet Club. It's a big part of the young bucks. But as far as merch is concerned. Uh, I don't think that they'll be losing much. No, I think they're going to be just fine. And, and they've even said as much despite Nick's early reactions, but that that's Nick for you. And, and I've had, you know, been lucky enough to even interview the young bucks. Thanks to the ring of honor back in the day when they, they first came back. But mm-hmm. look, the situation just kind of makes me laugh because everyone immediately does what internet wrestling fans do. And they run to the young bucks defense, but the WWE first and foremost is doing what's fully within their legal right. And and I hope that people understand that it is their intellectual property. They bought it. They own it. It was sold to them, you know, through the prior owners. And, and that's, you know, part of the contracts that are written the way they are today. And so they were fully within the, in their legal right to do it. A couple of things mm-hmm. though. I love the fan reaction to the invasion because I literally had people on Facebook telling me, no, no, they invaded. They were in the parking lot. And I'm like, they weren't in the parking lot. Like, People claiming to be there. It, it's so funny. Like, like, and I'm like, there's no way you're, unless you were at the mall, there's no way you were there. Um, yeah. it, it, it's, it's, but you know, that's that fan support. They want to buy in. They want to be a part of something special. Um, yeah. To me, part of it is, you know, when you do this, we're going to invade, we're going to do that. I mean, you, you're riding a thin line anyway with, with the bullet club gimmick only because there is so little originality to it. And, and when you're using mm. other people's, uh, property, you know, just just receiving the blessing of a performer isn't enough in 2017. These things are bound by by contracts and 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 money. 
but it, it, to to do an invasion of raw when you're using their property kind of illegally, it, it's poking a dragon. I don't recommend doing it, and and that's what they did. You kind of get what you they, they asked for it, in my opinion. Like you you do this invasion and you're trying to build your own brand off theirs, and look, it's worked for them. They're 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 independently making money without being in the WWE, and, and good for them, but. Why do something that might cause that kind of an issue and, and an invasion? To me, like you should be smart enough to know that may not go your way in the end. And, and hopefully they yeah. learn that lesson. I love the cease and desist shirt. I think it was brilliant. It, it proves the creativity that they have. But for me, in the long run, if, if you're part of Bullet Club and, and you've, you've got this brand and it's doing very well, it's probably the most successful group financially outside of the WWE ever. In, in mm-hmm. history. And when I talk about WWE, it includes everyone they bought, WCW and everything else. But th- these are creative individuals, and people kind of scoffed at that when I made that comment on Twitter when it all went down. Uh, these are very creative individuals, and the Young Bucks are very smart to the business. For me, now is the time to strike a, a different sort of feel to Bullet Club a little bit and come up with something that is your own that maybe you and, and, and your colleagues can even trademark. And, and continue to make money off of because and, – and fans would follow it. It doesn't it, – it's not just that it's a parody and, and everything that they do. And even the kingdom was trying to be like that for a while in Ring of Honor, and, and we saw how that worked out with the four horsemen signs and everything else they would do. It's, it's – I, I think – I don't fault them for anything they've done in the past, but I think now turn that corner. Make yourself special for a different reason. The people will follow, and, and that logo will still be seen everywhere. But to me, yeah. it was – you should have known better, and I hope you learned from it. Certainly. Absolutely well said. I agree 100%. Uh, I'm just <laughs> – there's not much originality in in the Bullet Club, or, or Bullet Club, I should say. Uh, and the, It's so hard. I used to get rid of that all the time for saying the Bullet Club, and, and now I'm used to just calling it Bullet Club. But it, it's, it's just we're so used to having the something. I still yeah, call it the yeah. Twitter and the Facebook, so it, it's <laughs> – you know, yeah, I'm actually cool with uh, with with the PR guy for from ROH, and uh, yeah, yeah. He, he he told me that uh, <laughs> uh, he and I talk occasionally, and uh, you know, he was telling me that he actually made that mistake too by saying the, and uh, they would they would <laughs> correct that it's Bullet Club is no the, and uh, yeah. very interesting stuff. Just like it's not the WWE, um, it's just WWE. Just WWE, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, it's it, not a lot of originality in, in in Young Bucks, but like you said, their 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 following is pretty cultish, and I don't think they're going to do much. I don't think there's anything that they can do to to kind of wane away, you know, followers. So uh, I think no, be, not at all. It's fine. Yeah, WWE interested in bringing back Caitlyn. Uh, she's been gone for almost four years. Uh, wasn't a wasn't a very you know huge hand uh, in the Divas division. Former Divas champion uh, defeat Eve Torres, I think back in uh, the the first Raw of uh, 2013, I believe it was. Um, yeah, I think not, you're right. Yeah, not too much, you know, involvement. She wasn't a huge type of uh, um, hand. Uh, of course, we saw NXT with uh, Maxine. Um, uh, what's her name now in, uh, in Lucha Underground? I don't remember. Um, oh, Katrina! Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Katrina! Yeah, 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 yeah. She she manages. Uh, who's it? Mel Mortez or? Um, yep. Yes, Mel Mortez. Yeah, Mel Mortez and and the yeah. their their trio yeah. who is no longer a trio. Right. right. Um, yeah. So she's doing fantastic in Lucha Underground, but uh, 
uh, didn't have <laughs> was one of the worst matches of the year against Caitlyn. Yes, uh, but you know she 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 uh, she honed her craft. She she got a lot better. She won the Divas Championship. Uh, of course, uh, you know uh, probably the most popular is when she was involved in the uh, in the feud with AJ Lee. Uh, so I mean, you know, it's it it puts it, it adds depth to the division. And, um, you know, sometimes you can oversaturate a division. Uh, but I think in the women's division right now, I think uh, it's it's at that number where, uh, you know, another one or two, you know, people from the past uh, wouldn't help. Asuka's coming to Raw. SmackDown maybe needs a little bit more depth. And I don't see anything wrong with it. No, I don't see anything wrong with it either. It's funny. I read your, your news report on Russell's own now. Wonderfully done, as always. And it's funny when you read the comments about a potential Caitlin return, and immediately people rush to the division's too big, Vince can't book women, all this kind of thing. And it takes me back to, to a, a novel concept that I don't think a lot of fans who follow the business online understand, and that's that not everybody on the roster is always going to be on television. They're always, they, right. they, they, you go to a house show, you're going to see people who are like, oh, I forgot about this person. You know, Bobby Roode did, didn't appear for several weeks. So that's just the way they build it. And that's how television works. Not everybody's going to be on television all the time. And it, it's what you've got to be two things. You've got to be relevant and ready at all times. Look at Mickey James. Mickey James was off television, wasn't in the No Mercy Five way. Alexa plants the seeds during Raw Talk. And then, boom, Mickey comes out and shows him how it's done on Raw. And now for the second week in a row, she is just killing it. With her, her, you know, and now she's at the forefront on Raw, and some people are pushed to the background. And that happens to talent yep. all the time. And, and, you know, before the Miztourage, Axel and Bo Dallas weren't doing anything, but they were ready. And when they came out, you know, people knew who they were, and they remembered. And, and for Caitlin, she got pretty good at the end there, and, and she definitely still has a following. And, and, you know, unfortunately for her, became relevant more recently for, for negative reasons and things being leaked and everything else, but that's part of the culture of the world today, unfortunately. Um, I would welcome seeing her back. I think there's a lot she can do. I don't want her to come out and cut a Mickey James I'm a pioneer promo because she wasn't the pioneer no. by any stretch of the imagination. No she did improve. Um, but I, I would welcome seeing her back. I just, you know, to me, fans got to realize not everyone, there, there's ups and there's downs. and Not everyone is in a prominent role every week and, and absence makes a heart grow fonder, you know, and, and, and I think that, that it would open up some opportunities for people and give some people some time off. And I tell you, there's value in time off in wrestling. I mean, these people are beating the heck out of their bodies four days yeah. a week nowadays, the way they do the schedule. And, and so giving somebody some time off is a positive thing. I tell you one person they can make really happy, put it on SmackDown and, and, and you'll see Big E's face light up again because, they were always entertaining the heck together and an enjoying, enjoyable combination. Very so true. I think that, and I think she's single again. So there you go. You know, big there you go. And look, if you ever want to break up the new day, and I think you milk it for as long as you can before you do, you know, you yeah. could always, you know, look at that pairing and, and use it to help out Big E. But I'm for mm. it. I'm 100% for it. I don't buy into the oversaturation of the division. That's just the way wrestling works. And everything is cyclical, and you got to be ready to go at a, at, a, at a moment's notice. And I think that, you know, if she gets the opportunity, I hope she makes the most of it. Yeah, I totally agree. I know you got to run. Let's uh, talk one more headline real quick. Um, of course. Yeah, just real quick on Caitlin. I think that uh, the biggest thing for I, I, I like, uh, you know, Caitlin coming back for some reason, kind of like what they did make, with Mickey James. 
I would like to see Caitlyn in NXT. For some reason, I think that Caitlyn kind of spearheading Iconic and being the leader of uh, of Peyton uh, Royce and um, oh goodness, what was the other one? Peyton Royce Billy Kay. and uh, and Billy Kay. Yeah, Billy Kay. Yeah. Kind of being kind of being the the leader of Iconic. I think that that would kind of add some depth to the women's division. Uh, and NXT, especially since you know Oscar left, I think it would be you know an interesting idea. Right. I think so. I, 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 I the only thing that that I might caution you on with that suggestion is I don't know that Caitlyn can promo to the level of being That's like true. her promo skills might be below that of Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. So I'm not That's sure true. she can lead them from a promo standpoint. It, it'd be kind of like if all of a sudden. Um, What's who's Eric Young's tag team partner in Insanity? I can't remember the guy's name now. Um, uh, um, oh, uh, completely lost me on it. But Wolf. yes, Alexander Wolf. Wolf. I, yeah. if, if he suddenly like he did cut a promo and did okay, but he's not going to usurp Eric Young as a leader of Sanity. And I just Certainly. can't see Caitlyn coming out and and with the promo chops. Now it's been four years. Who knows what she's done from an acting perspective and how she's grown in that area. And maybe she can show up and surprise us. But I would have no problem with her having a run through NXT uh, mm-hmm. the way the way she did, in, or the way she could, kind of like what, like you said, with what Mickey James did. Uh, plus, it'll help her. She's working out. She's training. And it's a great opportunity for her to get that back. It's been four years. You don't want to just throw her back on television, especially when she wasn't a decorated veteran to begin with. So I think that Absolutely. putting her in NXT can only benefit for her, too. I agree. Uh, NXT... Uh, lastly, uh, uh, before you run, your your thoughts on uh, the, the the reports on why 205 Live is closing out consecutive Raws. Uh, according to to Meltzer, he noted that uh, after like the 10:15, um, and, and we to usually third hour numbers drop. Right. Uh, be, so so because of those drops, the WWE kind of pulled the plug on the interest uh, of of booking heavy stuff around that time. So they just kind of put on the 205 live for filler. I think that's pretty interesting because last week we saw the celebration this week. We saw uh, just the remarks of the celebration. So it makes sense of why they just kind of threw that. They're kind of just throwing that on there at the end. And like the bigger matches like Braun and, and, and Rollins and then uh, Reigns and Miz, that's the, you know, that opened uh, Braun and uh, Rollins open. And then, uh, you know, Reigns and Miz close the second hour, so I can see how they just throw that on there for filler. But it just it, it, it just keeps me wondering why do they have a third hour? Yeah, well, it's two different questions there because the third hour is a money thing, and, and that's not going to go away because that's a USA Network uh, yeah, thing and money and advertising. And I'm sure Vince would yeah. would secretly love to get rid of the third hour. I don't know if I buy into the Meltzer report about why they put that in the third hour because Vince does not want to throw in the towel so to speak, and and just give up on something like the last three segments of Raw. Uh, it's a convenient news report because it, it makes sense. And a lot of times those news reports, they make sense. It's like anybody could have put that together. And, and I don't know that I buy into that one so much. Uh, I think it's more speculative than anything. To me, though, I, I love the fact that they're getting this, this exposure in this spot. And, you know, I wrote an article last week that you can find on, on yeswrestling.com and, and a lot of people will hate me for it and disagree with me, but I think Enzo Amore is the best thing to happen to the Cruiserweight division because oh, yeah. it's relevant again. And, and, and first of all, I will acknowledge the fact that if not for Neville, there may not have been a Cruiserweight division in 205 Live left for him to go to because Neville has really carried that thing since 
since he, you know, showed back up in, in December and January. But it's reignited the brand and, and reignited some interest in the brand and, and it's changed Neville's character, the way that people are getting into. Now you got Kalisto. Uh, to me, it's, it's, it's what they needed. And people hate it because it's Enzo, but, you know, it, it's, it's not – you're not supposed to like Enzo. And I know people who are online like, no, no, I don't like him because of how he's booked. And I'm like, I don't think people realize that, that Vince McMahon, Triple H, and, and everyone else, they understand how we think. And they use it against us. And people want to buy in this. They, they still think they're separate from the storylines when really they're bought in hook, line, and sinker. They don't even know it. And, and how they're using Enzo on everyone's kind of favorite, you know, favorite little brand that they put off to the side, it, it's perfect. It's, it's brilliant booking on the WWE's part. And I love it. And putting him at, at the main event of Raw or that main event position of Raw to me shows that they, they're, they're trying to make an effort to do something with this brand to make sure that it can be successful. In terms of the speculative news from Meltzer, I think we need to see a longer set of data to really know that for sure, to know if there's something there. But I love what they're doing. Uh, I think it's great. They built up so much heat with Enzo that it worked out perfectly when he joined the brand. And, and he's making people care more than they cared before. And that's his job, and he's doing it to perfection. I agree. Yeah, uh, we'll, like you said, we'll see. Uh, it. it it is convenient, as you said. I mean, because it does seem like, like I, you know, like I said, that you know, third hour numbers usually uh, on the decline. Uh, so yeah. you know, it does make sense that uh, it could be filler. But uh, I also agree that uh, Enzo is, other than Neville and Austin Aries, uh, Enzo is the best thing that happened has happened on Two Hundred Five Live. Been a pleasure, uh, oh, yeah. Greg. Hope to hope to. The- yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Whatever you need. Uh, more than happy to come on. I appreciate the invite and had a lot of fun. Yeah, plug your uh, plug your social media and your site before you go. Of course, yep. Everybody can visit yeswrestling.com, Y-E-S-Wrestling.com. It's an opinionated website, although we do have a great reviewer and recapper and, and would love to get some more eyeballs and also know what people think. We welcome lots of different opinions, especially from our writers, and, and so definitely love to see that. And of course, you can follow that at Yes Pro Wrestling on the Twitter, and myself, uh, Greg DeMarco411 on Twitter as well, and, and just look for Greg. Actually, it's Greg DeMarco411 on Facebook too. So always welcome the, the banter and the back and forth and, and appreciate everybody who reads and talks and has a lot of fun with us. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Greg. Thank you. You got it. All right, thanks so much for Jack and Greg joining us. Uh, Greg is the guest co-host for this evening. Let's get back into the headlines. Why Jeff Hardy is not allowed to wear face paint anymore. Very interesting (laughs) report that came out uh, based on an interview that Jeff Hardy had uh, in Comic-Con. He explained that he cannot wear face paint anymore on television because of Finn Balor, uh, the very interesting stuff, uh, Finn Balor, because of his demon character and because uh, that character has uh, kind of became its own entity uh, recently. And so it's one of those things that I find it very interesting that they actually would ban Jeff Hardy to actually wear that <laughs> face paint. That's just that is startling to me. Uh, that they would do that. I, I find that incredibly interesting and I don't, it doesn't make sense to me for the most part, but at the same time it's the WWE that we're talking about here. Uh, so it's one of those things that 
if they're really trying to put over Finn Balor, uh, I can totally understand why they are just annihilating face paint uh, uh, altogether. It's it's quite clear that they want to put over Finn Balor. They want Finn Balor to be the next guy. I was I was explaining to someone, a friend of mine, uh, kind of what where they're going with Finn Balor. Uh, he still wants to be a part of uh, the. They're they're still they still want they still look high on Finn Balor. They're still they're still high on Finn Balor. They're still uh, have high hopes for him as far as just where he's going and, and his and his particular. Uh, status in the WWE uh, echelon, I guess, if you will. Uh, but there's so many people that that are kind of in that forefront now. We've seen Samoa Joe, we've seen Braun Strowman, we've seen Roman Reigns. So he's kind of you know lower in the pecking order right now as far as just the main event talent. Uh, it seems like they would have they they would have him kind of be a filler, uh, you know, opponent for Brock Lesnar. Uh, there's reports he's saying that uh, we can see that in Survivor Series. Lesnar wasn't scheduled for Survivor Series, but, you know, there's reports going out now as far as uh, Lesnar being a part of um, SummerSlam. So uh, it seems as if um, we might get him a SummerSlam. We may see Finn Balor and, and Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam, uh, but we'll get to Raw here in a minute. Uh, now there's talking now, now, you know, the – and the sister Abigail, we'll we'll talk about that here in a moment. But uh, there's more Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt, which uh, I didn't I didn't really I I wanted to see it the first time because it seemed like it was an interesting feud. They kind of went away from it and did Wyatt and Rollins, and then Balor and uh, Elias, then kind of brought it back together, which didn't really make sense how they brought it back together. Now just extending it and extending it. Uh, SummerSlam saw uh, the demon come back, and then of course, man to man, which is probably the one of the worst gimmick concepts I've ever heard in my life. And I've I've been watching wrestling for <laughs> quite some time, many decades, and uh, virtually all my life, and. Uh, I've seen some really bad gimmick matches. Man to man is probably one of the worst gimmick matches I've ever seen, especially when Bray Wyatt said, you know, hey, man, you know, this is, I'm not a man, I'm a god. And, and, and you know, just kind of, and he's been saying that all the time, but he coins it as man to man. So it just, the whole thing was so convoluted, and it still is. The addition to Sister Abigail did bring some interest, and I'm okay with seeing that. It brings some some interest as far as the feud is concerned. Adding that element has been so uh, oversaturated. It's been so uh, repetitive, and and it's just bringing Sister Abigail in now. uh, It's kind of bad timing. It's really kind of a desperate plea. Uh, to extend, you know, uh, the, the the situation to to extend the feud, and you know, I'm uh, I'm not really interested uh, in, in that, but I am interested in Sister Abigail. I guess we'll get to to that as far as speculation of who uh, Sister Abigail may be, um, and just in depth uh, in depth as far as uh, 
where it might go. Ladies and gentlemen, like I have said before, Pancakes and Power Slams t-shirt, and of course right now on the Crave Wrestling Facebook Live, and Olivia Keller got some comments as well. Um, got Andre saying, uh, I didn't get a chance to watch SmackDown Live. Birthday. Happy birthday, Andre. Uh, thank, you, thank you for joining us in spite of being your birthday. That's uh, uh, very much appreciated. Anything big happen tonight? We'll, we'll, we will be talking about SmackDown Live, uh, the go home show to Normarshi. You see this right here the Pancakes and Power Slams t shirt. Uh, please, uh, if you will, uh, you, if you if you're interested, we've had some messages. Uh, uh, we ha- we've had some messages, so we're very, very thankful. Message the Crave Wrestling Facebook page uh, for your interest in the Pancakes and Power Slams. T-shirt. We love your support. We appreciate your support through viewership, through interaction, uh, through sharing, through commenting, all that good stuff. Uh, why don't you just? Uh, I would say buy a shirt the way that the NWO does, but uh, I'm not going to do that because I don't want to be in any legal trouble. <laughs> so I'll just, I'll just simply say buy a shirt. How about that? <laughs> uh, Pancakes and Power Sam's T-shirt. Message us through the. Cray Wrestling Facebook page, or you can mail Cray Wrestling at gmail.com. All right, yeah, so I, the, the face paint thing, very interesting. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, he still wears it at, at live events, uh, but, you know, we, we won't have to see much of that for the next, you know, quite some time because he unfortunately uh, went undergoing surgery, I believe, today for his shoulder. And I've heard torn labrum. I've heard uh, torn rotator cuff. So I've heard a couple of things. Of course, we'll get the actual diagnosis. I'm sure WWE.com will report uh, uh, what the doctors saw and uh, what the surgery is going to be and how the results of it is. Usually in those situations, uh, it it is a long time. It's usually... You know, shoulder injuries are usually around the nine-month, uh, you know, six to nine-month uh, timeline. So it's unfortunate. It's very, very unfortunate because that would make him miss. If he if he came back in six months, he'd come back right before Mania because Mania is six months from now. Uh, and so he come back right before Mania, perhaps a surprise entrance, uh, in some type of ladder match or something like that. I'd, I'd be fine with that. Maybe, uh, you know, perhaps you can have Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy, um, you know, somehow be something. Uh, maybe Bray Wyatt attacks Matt Hardy. Maybe Brad, Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy at, uh, at WrestleMania. Uh, Bray, Hart, Brad, uh, Bray Wyatt, uh, kind of assist with waking up Matt Hardy, so to speak. And that would be a very, very interesting one-on-one feud. And maybe Bray Wyatt attacks uh, maybe Matt Hardy beats Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt attacks Matt, Har- uh, Matt Hardy at the end of the match, and then you get a Jeff Hardy run-in return. There you go. That's, that, that's, my, that's my express booking of Jeff Hardy's return and Matt Hardy's Woken character. How about that? Uh, Very interesting stuff. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's get 
to the Raw and SmackDown review. We will be right back. Let's get to Raw. Um, you know, we were talking about Raw as far as it's 205 Live. Uh, Braun Strowman, Seth Rollins. For for Strowman to beat Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose, both tag team champions, I guess it's I guess it makes Strowman look good. I think it's a I think it's a way of protecting Strowman. And I think you can kind of do it since Rollins and Ambrose are tag team champions, so they have the I haven't been in singles matches type of, you know, excuse. So I, I suppose you can do it. But defeating the tag team champions in consecutive weeks with kind of no build to it, it's just kind of odd to me, uh, especially just defeating Seth Rollins, who is a former champion with a single announcement. I'm going to face Strowman next week. So, I, you know, I think that could have been more build to it. Uh, I think that really could have been a, a good match, a good filler match, a good feud, uh, you know, closing out the year uh, between Rollins and, and Strowman. Um, even if it wasn't necessarily for a tag team championship or which would be even better if Strowman and Bray Wyatt, you know, reconciled and, and got back together and, and, and went for the tag team titles. I mean, why not? Bray Wyatt is in desperate need of some help right now, and I think that uh, that would be quite ideal. And I think that since uh, since your boy Eric Rowan is out, I mean, since he's just kind of sitting around and doing nothing, that we're talking about and talks about repackaging uh, Rowan and Harper, which I hope does not happen. I, r- I really think that they dropped the ball substantially on. Luke Harper being a babyface, I think that he was getting some really, really good pops when he was kind of feuding on SmackDown with Bray Wyatt while he uh, was, you know, at the the peak of his career during his championship uh, era. Uh, I think they really jumped the ball on, on Luke Harper because the, they eventually, you know, he was in some some title, you know, contentions. He was in some number one contention matches. And then they just kind of threw him in the Andre the Giant Moral Battle Royal. Didn't even really last. You know, he wasn't like in the finals. You know, the finals were, I believe, Jinder Mahal and Mojo Rawley. So you see where Mojo Rawley is nowadays. And then, you know, end up working for Jinder Mahal. But, you know, that was just the right place at the right time. Uh, so, you know, I think one of those things that's uh, – I think that Luke Harper being alone on SmackDown would be wonderful. I would like to see, I would love to see a Luke Harper and Baron Corbin feud, you know, get AJ Styles away from the, 
U.S. title. I think, um, I think for the sake of namesake, uh, it's it's helped the U.S. title, but to me, it hasn't done too much elevation of the U.S. title. Uh, the open challenges when John Cena had it. Did. The feud between Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens was helpful. Uh, and uh, so those things were, were good. Um, when he first won it, it was fantastic. Uh, it elevated it. And I think with having it, it makes it important. But uh, I don't know. I think just uh, I, I, I like AJ. With him being the U.S. champion, AJ Styles, you know, to get him away from the main event scene for now was a good idea. I just wish that there were higher quality feuds uh, with with AJ Styles nowadays. I don't think that Baron Cor I like Baron Corbin, but I think just after the the, the Money in the Bank cash in failure, and just of course today when he lost, you know, well on SmackDown he lost to Ty Dillinger right before you know a big match against AJ Styles. I think. You know, those are the things that you don't do to help build a star. And so, uh, you know, I, I think Baron Corbin is a really good heel, but I don't think he's being properly hurts the the title, uh, his title contention, which hurts the title. You know, the 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 actually the, the level of of the championship. So, if I'm okay with AJ keeping it and having some high quality feuds. But you know, if, if the, the feuds aren't very high quality, you know you, he can drop it. And, and I think that someone like a like a Luke Harper uh, would, would benefit by being U.S. champion. What I would do if you, if you want to stretch the Shield thing that they're going to do, it looks like it's going to be the Miz and uh, Sheamus and Cesaro, which is a much better trio than the Miztourage. Uh, have, you know, have the Shield beat them, and then why not, you know, have Rowan, you know, come back, join the Wyatt family, have a Bray Wyatt, Braun Strowman, and, and, and Eric Roman, you know, type of Wyatt family regime. Uh, you know, Braun Strowman's had, he's been feuded with, with Roman Reigns for the better part of a year. Uh, he, he's had some some recent uh, some recent interaction with with Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose, so why not? Why why not have uh, Rowan Harper and Wyatt Wyatt family versus the Shield? I think that that would be a, an absolute fantastic Royal Rumble match or a uh, December pay per view match between uh, those you know six man match. Uh, last time the Shield and the Wide family feuded. They absolutely tore the house down. Uh, the, the couple months where they feuded before Mania of last year, I think it was. So, I, I, well, actually, right before Mania of uh, what was it Mania fifteen? I think it was right before Mania fifteen or maybe Mania fourteen. However long this Shield has been disbanded. Because uh, you had the authority angle, Sting came back in 14, I believe, because it was 14 because Rollins cashed in the money in the bank, 15, didn't appear 16, and then Triple H this year. So it was 14 uh, about three and a half years ago when the Shield and the Wyatt family feuded. So. 
Yeah, uh, I think, you know, three and a half years, over three and a half years, I think it's about time to kind of, you know, rekindle that with a different variation of the Wyatt family. It'll help Bray Wyatt substantially because he needs all the help he possibly can. Uh, Rowan's got some really good steam going on. And, of course, it'll help Eric Rowan. So why not do it? Uh, Elias, you know, he's really good as a heel. I love the, you know, kind of rock uh, style concerts that he has, you know, for every city. I think that's great. I think it's a good heat magnet. But, you know, what babyface are they saving him for? That's that's the big thing. You, you know, he already feuded with Finn Balor. You know, he's feuding with Apollo Cruz and Titus O'Neil right now, which doesn't do too much. Uh, so my my question is just, I'm just wondering where he's going to feud with. Uh, big fan of Mickey James having another opportunity. Uh, I would I would go all the way with. It, to be honest with you, I think I think the nostalgia type of angle. I think when it's red hot, it works very well. Uh, just like the Hardy came back, they got the nostalgia pop, and you know for the first couple months they uh, they were way over. Uh, started to kind of die down <laughs> once people were just kind of waiting for the the, the Matt Hardy uh, you know broken or uh, awoken or awoken whatever you want to call him a WWE character. I think the nostalgia run just kind of faded away and classified itself as obsolete. How about that? It just came right in the perfect timing. It was unrehearsed, and uh, I think that, that was I think that was absolutely hilarious and perfect. Uh, matter of fact, let's just we'll do one of these. <laughs> that was uh, that was yeah time. So yeah, I think that's exactly what happened when uh, the the nostalgic you know Hardy's run. Uh, I like the Hardy still, but it, it just wasn't the same. It, the, the capitalization kind of they didn't really kind of act, keep fueling the the fire of the Hardys. They just kind of kept dousing it with sprinkles of water. And uh, it just wasn't as potent as it was before. I think when you wake up, Mac Hardy, uh, and I think it would, it would be pretty good. Uh, Woken Matt Hardy and Elias would be pretty good feud, actually. There's a, actually a couple of heels, like you know, like I said, with uh, with Elias and and definitely uh, uh, Bray Wyatt. Come WrestleMania season would be good for for Matt Hardy while he's uh, away. Well, Jeff away. I think with Mickey James right now, right now is is a perfect time. Royal Rumble's not until you know three. Our series is the major pay per view, but it's more of traditional tag teams, so you don't need to worry about a bunch of singles matches, you know, headlining the show. Royal Rumble is is a good opportunity, and nowadays, you know, since it's towards the latter part of the year, December time. Uh, September, October, those are kind of months that uh, aren't as popular as, you know, of course, the road to WrestleMania uh, and, you know, the road to, to, to SummerSlam. So, you know, those are those are times where you can have, you know, a couple month runs uh, from from people like, you know, Mickey James and, and so forth. So, I think, you know, she's starting to get over. You know, there was a time where she was just there and people just weren't giving her any reaction. 
now she's getting over. So I think it's a, I think it's a very good idea to do it, and I, I would run with it. Uh, so yeah, and then we of course we talked about the third hour. Roman Reigns and Miz was a good showing. Roman Reigns is starting to get some more some more pops. How about that? I've noticed that with uh, you know Denver. Denver is not necessarily known as a smarky crowd. You know they had a they they had double a double dose. They, it was at Raw and SmackDown. We're both in Denver, so uh, you know it was really good to see you know Roman Reigns starting to get more you know, pops. I think it's one of those things that people really don't have much of a reason to think of it because it's starting to act it's starting to look stupid. Uh, and Kalisto joining the Cruiserweight division is long overdue, so I'm definitely a big uh, advocate of that. As far as SmackDown is concerned, you know, Shinsuke Nakamura, they're they're just diluting him to no end. I'm just, I, I just detest the fact that they're just doing what they're doing with Shinsuke Nakamura. It just, it it, it just makes me feel. Uh, it, it just upsets me, and I think it's a very bad idea, and uh, it's just absolutely crazy to me. Uh, too much talking, uh, you know. They kind of, they kind of stop the weekly appearances when they bring bring gender out, but gender Mahal doesn't help Shinsuke Nakamura. It doesn't really. He doesn't help him become a bigger star. I mean, like, I've said this before, and. and Jinder Mahal looks like a million bucks. I mean, if he was if he was booked properly, he looks like a star. I've said that many times, and I, I will continue to say that. Jinder Mahal looks like a star. But the biggest problem with Jinder Mahal, and I've seen and I've said this before, is that you can literally take everything about Jinder Mahal, the foreign heel character, the modern day Maharaja. The promo, the, the the ring work, you can take every single element about Jinder Mahal and you can remove it from him and just dump it on someone else and it wouldn't be much of a difference. And that's my biggest thing. We were talking with Jack Doan, you know, uh, in the show. And, you know, he was talking about, the Austins and the uh, and, and the Foley's and the Takers and, and you know and, and names like that that were so big in their day because it was an embodiment of you know uh, kind of their character come to life or just a uh, kind of a, an exaggerated version of themselves and so um, even if it wasn't an exaggerated version of themselves they knew how to embody a character to make it seem to make it you know their own and make it like hey listen if someone else did this character it wouldn't be as near as when i did it you know it, this cannot be mimicked this cannot be duplicated and i think with jinder mahal he's very <laughs> he's very apt to be duplicated and that's the biggest that that is my biggest criticism of Jinder Mahal is the fact that he can absolutely be duplicated. So, and it hurts the people who he feuds with as well, namely Shinsuke Nakamura, who's trying to get that type of credibility uh, you know, in the WWE. Um, you know, the the women's match was was decent. I don't see how I I don't like you know they made 
Charlotte Flair tap. Even if she wins the women's championship, I think that's a bad idea to make her tap right before she wins. That 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 loses the strength of. Uh, I don't understand why they do that. It makes absolutely no sense to me. Uh, Bobby Roode and Mike Kanellis, congratulations on uh, Kanellis and, and Maria. Maria Kanellis and Mike Bennett. Maria Kanellis Bennett and Mike Bennett, I should say, uh, expecting their, their first child. But unfortunately for Mike Kanellis, he um, he has become a glorified enhancement talent, uh, unfortunately. Uh, so is a new day. That, that match is going to be absolutely phenomenal. I'm really looking forward to that. Probably the match of the night. Uh, and just the, the Shane McMahon in um, developing decent. Uh, and then uh, Orton and Rips, I don't necessarily care about, but, uh, you know, it, it, it could be worse, I guess you could say. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to the flavor of the week without further ado. Um, we're going to talk about No Mercy, just a simple grade for the for, for the sake of time, just a simple grade of uh, uh, the uh, Judgment Day 2002 and Armageddon 2000. Uh, so we'll be right back for the week. It is now time for the Flavor of the Week! I know Mar- uh, Armageddon 2000. We've talked about Armageddon 2000 uh, before here on the show uh, years ago. Uh, just a quick grade for Armageddon 2000. We're, we're, I'm, I'm, I'm doing Hell in a Cell pay-per-views as far as re- reviewing and grading. Uh, so uh, Armageddon 2000, to me, was uh, it was... I think that was that was probably one of my favorite, one of my top three favorite Hell in a Cell matches, just because it's it was the concept has never happened before, and that was it, it hasn't happened again. That was that was seventeen years ago. Wow, seventeen years ago. I had a Rikishi on the show earlier this year to talk about it, and yeah, it was really interesting uh, to to see that. I give it a B plus for that uh, pay per view altogether. It wasn't. A lot of huge uh, uh, undercard matches because all the main eventers were in, you know, the Armageddon Hell in a Cell match. But uh, I, I love the concept. And then Judgment Day, Judgment Day 2002, um, I, I give that a B as well. I think that was uh, that that was a good, that was a decent pay per view. I wasn't a fan of uh, Chris Jericho and, and 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 Triple H, and then you know Triple H. You know, winning, you know, the Hell in a Cell and, and, and the pedigree on top of the cage, that, that didn't make sense to me at all. Uh, as, as far as, uh, I, I, it was it was decent. It was it was a decent, you know, pay-per-view altogether. So uh, I, I would say, I would say I'd give it a, uh, a B, uh, a B pay-per-view, I guess I'd. I guess I can say as far as as far as the matches are concerned, uh, for for Judgment Day 2002, you had Eddie Guerrero defeating RVD for the IC Championship to retain it. That was a good match. Trish uh, with Bubba defeating Stacy with Reverend Devon. <laughs> the Reverend Devon Devon just call my name, make funny, funny, absolutely funny stuff. Uh, and then, of course, you had uh, Brock, uh, the, the Brock Lesnar, and Paul Heyman defeating the Hardy Boys. Uh, Paul Heyman, that was very interesting. Um, and then you had Austin defeating uh, the Big Show and Ric Flair in a handicap match. Very, 
God. Edge to Fangle and hair versus hair match. Of course, we remember that. Uh, of course, like I said, Triple H defeating Chris Jericho and LaSalle, which didn't even main event. Rikishi and Rico defeated Billy and Chuck um, for the championships in very short fashion. And then Taker defeated Hogan uh, to win the uh, Undisputed Championship. So, uh, you know, like I said, B pay-per-view, I, I give it a B. Um, not not terrible, but, uh, you know, it, it wasn't uh, nothing elaborate, of course. All right, let's get to uh, – we have predictions coming up uh, for this coming uh, hell in a cell. Uh, so we will get to uh, the hell in a cell predictions here. Uh, decent build. Decent build as far as um, uh, the, 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 the build up for it and the anticipation. I think that the, the both of the Hell in a Cell matches are. are uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, um, to, to the Usos and, and, and the. And the uh, we're looking forward to the Usos and, and New Day. And as well as the Shaming Man and Kevin Owens, I think both of them are, are going to be fantastic uh, matches. As far as the matches are concerned, I got uh, Orton going over. Uh, I got Orton going over Rusev. Got uh, Bobby Roode going over uh, Dolph Ziggler. I got Styles. Uh, uh, Charlotte winning SmackDown Women's Championship. I got the New Day retaining. I got Jinder uh, Mahal retaining some type of wicked, you know, some type of crazy, um, some type of, you know, with the same brother. And Shane beating Kevin Owens. So, uh, of course, uh, Gable and Benjamin, Hype Bros. I think this is when Hype Bros. Uh, Turn their backs. So uh, I think maybe the official Zack Ryder heel turn. So we'll see uh, who that is. But God bless you all. Enjoy. Have a sell. This is Chris Featherstone. Follow at Crave Wrestling on Twitter and Facebook. Until next week, Zoya Wiki Wrestling.
Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.